Hello, podcast listeners. You are listening to The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson, and this is going to be a very... Ooh, that's not safe. (laughs) The fun parts of driving and podcasting are silly drivers. All right, so... Hi, welcome to The Long Journey Home. I'm your host, Corbin Johnson, and you are listening to a very special episode because we are beginning an experiment in 1E Design, starting with this podcast. And I, I, I don't know what to call the experiment. I guess it's just best that we talk about it. 1E Design is going to try something new. We're going to try to bring the community in to help us shape, at the very least, the next, um, what may turn out to be the next set after the Maquis. And I'll go into that a bit later. The set is Homefront 6. I am the lead. I am joined with Dan Hammond. And I, I'm not sure if he's permanently on the team, but he's been helping us out so far, Charlie Plain. And the three of us met last night for our first, you know, quote-unquote, in-person meeting uh, after, you know, several message board posts about what it is that Homefront 6 needs, what are the goals of making Homefront 6, and that that really is, you know, it's not what does the set need, it's really what does the game need, and what can Homefront, a, a Homefront product, because we like to release one, you know, I guess every year or so, and uh, what what can it bring to the game, and what can it improve? Also, is it possible to get a Homefront 6 ready um, by Gen Con and debut it there? And, well, anyway, this podcast is going to be the beginning of this experiment where I will discuss pertinent information about our design meetings, about how design is going, and bring it to the community at large in the hopes that we attain, obtain ideas and feedback from you on a multitude of different things. And in the hopes of keeping you in the loop, basically. It's time to try to open things up. This has been something I've been advocating for, and Charlie's given me the go-ahead for it. In fact, it was him who came to me and said, hey, why don't you try this? You know, it's up to you. It's up to me, that is. And uh, you can try it out, and if it turns out okay, you know, we can keep doing it, perhaps. Uh, he has some other interesting ideas, maybe uh, maybe releasing uh, design meetings in the future to the public. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but this is at least a way to tread the water, dip our feet and their toes in the water, and just check it out and see if we get inundated with, you know, uh, good advice, bad advice, too much advice, not enough advice. Um, I, I, I challenge people who are listening to feed, give me feedback. Um, I have gotten feedback in the past on the show in general, but this is very special and this is very new. And your opinion is going to matter a lot. Uh, very much so, actually. Uh, I, I, will, I, I promise to listen to all the feedback I get. And, uh, I mean, as long as you don't abuse, you know, the, the privilege. Uh, well, it's not a privilege, it's, and nor is it a right. It's just what it is. Um, but please, please don't abuse this. Uh, and and um, you know how to get in contact with me. Uh, it's 267-CALL-CPJ uh, if you want to call me and leave a voicemail. 
you can email me at corbinjohnson at me.com, C-O-R-B-I-N-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at me.com. And of course, you can PM me at corbinq27 on message boards. So, and I'll repeat all that at the end of the show, um, so that if you do have any feedback to share about what I talk about on this show, you can contact me directly and I will listen to you. Because I want this to be A, something you find informational, enjoyable, and B, I want, I, if this turns out to be a success, I'd love to do it again on a future design. Because without this feedback, uh, you know, I've, I've found common pitfalls to be, uh, I, this is not the forum to solve problems like you know, really broken cards or, or, you know, lore that's misspelled or things like that. That's really up to playtest and creative and art and us to kind of get those issues down. But there are other issues that can happen. Like, um, for example, in, in general, we, we are sometimes unable to think, you know, what does the player, what do the players really want? Do the players really want a, a, a blah team? Do they want cards that enable, you know, more faster mission solving, or, or do do does the the group in general want to see more of I don't know their favorite character? Why hasn't this character been out yet? Or or does this affiliation need more of a certain skill? Or they don't have any free plays? Or in this particular format? they really suck and this is why and and I that's what I really need I need to know more about how players play at block because Homefront 6 obviously as a Homefront set is a core block set and we'll have cards that will live most likely through the entirety of however long block exists at least that's how it's designed to be right now and that's how we will design the set to be so I have been tasked with coming up with a set of three dilemmas, uh, I'm sorry, nine dilemmas, three combos, that will live on and allow future block designers to no longer, or at least hopefully not have to as much, design starter level dilemmas. Because, uh, come on. <laughs> Do you really like those dilemmas? Really? Really? Admit it. You, you don't. Uh, maybe you do, but I'm guessing you don't. And it's time that we offload that to the the set where that makes sense and I think that's Homefront 6 where we're going to have these dilemmas and we we already have about 27 or so dilemmas including the Nexus inside of Homefront sets that can be leveraged for this purpose but wouldn't it be great if we had nine more cards to help increase that pool and make it such that future starters that are designed don't have to worry about that that we can just draw from this pool of, uh, I guess, 36 or so dilemmas. Or, you know, I'm sure eventually we'll be designing dilemmas. Every set, you, you should put dilemmas in, and there's reasons for that. But uh, I would like to lessen the need to make crazy, uh, borderline awful uh, dilemmas that are starter boring. And that's what I'll call them. So, Homefront 6... That's our first goal. We have other goals that we want to hit, and we'll get to them in time. But for now, we want to make these nine cards. So here's what's going to happen. 
um, Monday or Tuesday next week, I'm hoping to publish a survey on the front page asking for players to talk about their their experiences with block in a in a specific way. Um, I mean, in both a general and specific way. Uh, they'll be, you know, queuing questions and um, questions that help you think about your games that you've had in the past. This may be a short survey, but I'm hoping to pack it with just enough questions to get with the data we need and to get the opinions and the ideas we need to start forming what these nine dilemmas are going to be. Or at the very least, get an idea of what Block needs. Because I think Homefront 6, now that all cards are printable, is not the set to reprint cards, unless, you know, cool AI, uh, whatever other reasons there are for reprinting cards at this point. No, no, uh, Homefront 6 and future Homefront sets are really now about making Block better. Um, I don't play that much Block. Um, that's probably because I don't play much Trek. And, and I, I say that in quotes. I don't get to play 1E all that much. Uh, and when I do, it's a privilege. And although Block is, you know, um, uh, its ideas are, are good. And it's, I think it's in a solid place. It is uh, interesting to, to, you know, it's definitely interesting. It, it is... It is, however, you know, in this subset of Trek, you know, if I had, if I was able to find, you know, like two new 1E players, uh, you know, a couple of 2E guys come to me and they say, yeah, this 1E thing is kind of interesting. Can we play stuff? I'd be great. Uh, I'm going to schedule a block tournament for this month. Here's a couple of decks. Or, better yet, go make a couple decks. Uh, or just get a starter and then find cards with the same color. <laughs> or go read the verbs and pick the right cards that make sense to go with it. Maybe there's better missions you can find. You know, make a couple challenges. Uh, check out the doorways. You know, you get 30 seat cards, you know. Um, you're going to have to fill those seeds somehow. So go look at all the cards that have the word seed in them. Or all the ones that have a, a warp core or a reactor core icon. All those cards. Look at all of them and think about what you can do with them. And that's kind of fun and exciting and a great way to get new players in. And I'm okay with the, the cookie-cutterness of, of uh, continuing missions, uh, warp core cards, and uh, reshape the quadrants, reactor core cards. That's fine. That's going to help new players get in. But can we make block something that's exciting for everyone? You know, I, I think we can. Uh, there's, um, and, and definitely if I had more time to play Trek especially 1E, I would try playing more block because it is a new format. It's a new world. And there's things you can not do in it that you can do in OTF, and there's things that you can't do in it that you, or, you know, there are things you can do in one that you can't do in the other, and, and that is exciting to me. So, uh, and, and it is also, uh, just for fun, uh, I'm going to throw this out there, you, you don't have to play block in OTF with OTF rules. You can play block with open rules, and that's when it gets really cool and fun. Uh, and that's, you know, that's exciting to me that 1E Open is back. And uh, now, of course, that's not going to be necessarily a design goal. It could be, you know, if we get enough feedback saying, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to try block open, but this card's missing from it, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to hear any and all feedback like that, but the survey that's going to come out on Monday or Tuesday, uh, hopefully, will will be shaping 
uh, hopefully help us shape the opinions of what these dilemmas are going to be. Do we need more filters? Do we need more walls? Do we need more kills? Are certain affiliations really too good at certain dilemmas? Do we need, you know, things like this? I'm not going to, I don't think we'll be asking those questions directly, but we will be asking questions that help us to figure out the answers to those questions. So it's my job over the weekend to come up with this uh, survey. So all that said, Homefront 6 may be ready in time for Gen Con. It may not. It depends on also um, what we decide Homefront 6 really is. Is Homefront 6 going to be an 18 set, an 18 card set that emphasizes the, uh, the ability to have a few extra cards that help out uh, in really creative uh, or maybe uh, here, here's, here's kind of the fork we're looking at. You know, a very small set, kind of, I'm not going to say rush it out, but, you know, get it out by Gen Con, get it in playtest hand very soon, and let them kind of hash out the details, really make sure that this is good in, in block, and that's what I'm worried about and what I'm focused on for the set. Or are we going to kind of hold back and be more methodical with it? Now, I, I, maybe I'm reshaping, I'm shaping this the wrong way. Um, even though we may put out a very small Homefront 6, that doesn't preclude Homefront 7 from trying to solve the bigger issues of block, like making sealed block more interesting. One, one goal I have as a designer is to make 1E block in sealed really fun. And I mean really, really fun. Um, right now, I'm, I'm a little worried that with the pack generator, it's too random, yet um, that design, you know, uh, tournament directors are just going to have not a great time sitting at, you know, printers and cutting out all the cards. And I want to at least consider, I don't know that it's actually going to happen, but, uh, and of course, everything that's in this podcast is, you know, subject to change, but are, are we able to make a really interesting block sealed? Or are players and tournament directors just not going to invest the time in cutting up cards? And I totally understand that. I've done, I've run one infinite diversity draft, and I've only run one, and uh, I think you can figure out why. So, um, but it's fun to play. You know, infinite diversity can be in the right situation. Uh, I've, I've harped on it before, and I uh, wish I had a second ship that one tournament, but I didn't. So, can block be interesting in sealed and, and maybe that's a issue to tackle in a future homefront set um, but homefront 6 can be you know 18 really cool cards that would be super fun to have in block that are reprinted and converted from uh, 1e and 2e and just help to enhance the flavor and make block just a little bit more interesting and you know kind of get a little, you know, a little more fun. Or maybe we hold back, um, we don't release a Gen Con, we think about, you know, maybe actually creating some verbs from scratch that could really enhance certain affiliations in certain ways. The problem with Homefront, obviously, is that it is a core set and it lives on forever. So, and, and you know, Homefront sets are supposed to live on and be complementary to in theory, all block sets, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but as we start to consider the next block as well, I don't know. Um, 
uh, maybe designers of the next sets will have ideas for what to throw into Homefront 6. Maybe it's a little too early for that. Um, but I'm sure they'll certainly have ideas for Homefront 7. And if we get started now, start laying down the groundwork, get surveys out there, start asking the right people the right questions. I think we can really develop an interesting set no matter what decisions we make, uh, whether or not it is to kind of get this um, enhancement set out for Homefront 6 or do we wait and make Homefront 6 really cool or do we think about a Homefront 7? Um, I don't know. I really don't know what the answer is right now. And I want to kind of pull back the curtain and say, you know, at our meeting last night, we decided on a few ideas. We said that, you know, maybe it's time for 1E to think about um, considering that without, you know, if we don't take risks, you know, um, what was it? that uh, the greatest risk is not taking risk. I thought that was a great idea. Um, but, however, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to make good cards at the same time. But we don't want to overdo it, obviously. It's, um, it, it isn't our place, obviously, to make broken cards. It's not our place to... Um, well, yeah, it's not our place to make broken cards. If we do, and it happens, we do have tools to dial it back, but... You know me, um, it's a fine line. The, you think about Emissary, not Emissary, you think about um, the latest Tui set, whose name is escaping me right now, and you think, yeah, there was definitely some power curve pushing there. And some people still have, you know, I think some cards are definitely too good, others don't, um, but... Maybe it is time to push the power curve. Uh, I feel, you know, Life from Lifelessness is a great example of when we did not... Huh, you want the best example. The best example of not pushing the power curve is Chain of Command. There, um, no offense, uh, that's a boring set. Uh, yeah, there's a couple cool cards in there. That's fine. But there are not 15 cool cards in that set. And I think the biggest sin is that not every card is one is some player's favorite card. That's one of my favorite things Charlie has said. It's nice when every card in a set is someone's favorite card or, or everyone likes a certain card. Not every card is bad, right? At least someone, oh yeah, yeah, that card was cool. Not not everyone hating all that on one card. Now it happens, obviously. Um, Life from Lifelessness is a good example of this as well. There were interesting cards in the set, but, you know, body armor... I actually saw it in a deck the other day. I was surprised. Um, but mm, I'm not going to be playing with body armor. Sorry. So, anyway, uh, it is time to push the power curve. It's time to think about making being a little bit more risky, a little bit more um, considerate of where the game can go. I, I, I know we have to think about block as it is, but maybe there are cards that can be introduced that totally shake up block and make people, you know, right now decks are very cookie cutter and that's fine. And I'm, I'm okay with that. We kind of talked about that. But can we, can we make decks that are interesting for advanced players that at the same time don't necessarily shut out uh, newbies? You know, I, I, I think here's a great example. Uh, in Block's TNG Heyday, uh, Michael Van Bremen made a TNG non-aligned deck, 
Why? Because he wanted to. Not because it was good, but because he wanted to. And what did I play in Block, in TNG? I played Starfleet because I could, and I wanted to, and it was there, so why not? But, you know, those two decks were not good, but they were there. And, and you know why we really probably did those things? It's because, not to speak on behalf of Michael Van Bremen, but because it, it is fun to do things that are unexpected. And a CCG should have the ability to let you mix things up. Now, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not, I'm not going to you know, delve into specific ideas, but I do think it is a topic and a theme worth exploring. Maybe Homefront 6 isn't the place for that, although I do think a Homefront set is the place to think about those things. But I think it is time to think about how we can make things mix and match. So, you have heard it all. There is a survey coming next month. I'm sorry, next week, hopefully. You, everyone listening, and people who read the article will help shape the future of this set. Your feedback is welcome and appreciated, and I'm excited to get some, hopefully, at 267-CALL-CPJ or an email at corbinjohnson at me.com or a PM at CorbinQ27 on the message boards. And I'm excited. I think this is going to be a fun experiment, and I hope it goes well. You know, I hope that I don't break any rules. <laughs> I don't think I am. I've been given fair, pretty pretty high leniency when it comes to uh, what I can talk about on the show, which is pretty cool. Um, I do want to address one concern before I go, and that is this is not a replacement for playtest. And playtest is probably the most important part of design. And I want to make sure everyone realizes that, that this is just me trying to think about how we can make our sets better um, given our limited playtesting resources. And I think this is the next best thing we can do besides an open beta or an open uh, playtest. And I don't think we're ready for that. Um, I think it's something we need to think about and consider doing, but this is the next best thing. This is, and, and I'm not trying to say that this isn't valuable, and I am home at this point, um, so let's wrap it up here, but I want to hear what players say, have to say about this process, um, about both being more open in design, but especially about Homefront 6. What does Homefront 6 need? Uh, what, what do you think is uh, going to make Homefront more interesting and better? What dilemmas are going to make the game more interesting? And I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you so much for listening. And, um, you know, have a great weekend. And uh, I look forward to hearing from everyone about their ideas on Homefront 6. Bye.